0: blog talk radio
1: To the show. I'm your host, Janice Tannell, for today, Sunday, March 3rd. It's so hard to believe that March is here already. But anyway, we thank you for joining us tonight. And if you have a question or comment about tonight's show, please don't hesitate to give us a call at 914 803 4399. Again, that number is 914 803 4399. We are excited about tonight's show. I don't know if you all remember, but um, a few weeks back we had Marietta Carter-Narcisse on the line talking about um, one of her classes, and she also had call in one of her friends, a script supervisor, Mamie Mitchell. Well, we have Mamie back on the show with us tonight, and we're excited to speak with Mamie, but first I'm going to turn it over to Denise. Good evening, everyone, and welcome uh, once again to Beauty Talk. We have an exciting show planned for tonight, but let's jump right into beauty news. First, we want to give a shout-out and say thank you to our um, all of our followers and for the ones who uh, took the time out to listen to the show last week and throughout the week. So, of course, we want to say thank you to our listeners in the U.S. and the U.K., Australia, Canada, and Ireland, just to name a few. We thank you all all over the world. So if anyone... Um, Watched the Academy Awards last week, uh, then you know that the movie Vice uh, won won the Academy Award for Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling. So we want to say congratulations to Kate Disco, Greg Canham, and Patricia uh, DeHaney, But I want to give a special congratulations to um, Charles Gregory Ross. He was not listed um, on the ballot with those uh, with Kate and Greg and Patricia, but um, just, you know, an honorable mention. He was the personal hairstylist for Tyler Perry, and Tyler uh, played uh, Colin, um, Colin Powell. So if you ever get a chance to go out and just Google Charles Gregory Ross or Google Vice and look at the um, the wig work that he did for Tyler Perry, it was absolutely amazing. It was amazing. So congratulations um, to the hair and makeup team uh, for Vice. Also, a couple of weeks back, Uh, The Makeup and Hairstyling Guild Awards um, was held on February 16th, and they honored honored makeup artists and hairstylists from every avenue in the industry. Uh, They were in front of an audience of 900. The event was hosted by uh, comedian, actress, and talk show host Lonnie Love. And some of the winners for um, the Guild Awards, its I guess it's a pretty... Not too long, but it's kind of a long list. So maybe I'll just give you a few from the uh, motion picture side and a few from the television side. But first, before I mention those, I want to also mention two Lifetime Achievement Awards that were awarded that night. And they were awarded to Makeup Artists and Outgoing 706 President Sue Cabral Eber um, and also to the hairstylist and longtime guild member uh, Robert Lewis Stevenson. So congratulations to the both of them as well. So winners for Outstanding Makeup Artists and Hairstylists for Feature-Length Motion Pictures, for Contemporary Makeup, um, and went to the movie A Star is Born, B. Neal, uh, Debbie Zola, and Sarah Tano, for Contemporary Hairstyling, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I still need to see that, but Crazy Rich Asians, um, Heike Merker and Sophia Knight, Period and or Character Makeup, Vice, Kate Disco, Emma Williams, and Jamie Kelman, Period and character hairstyling for uh, Mary Queen of Scots, um, Jenny Shercore and Mark Pilcher. Special makeup effects, Vice, Greg Canham, Christopher Gall- Galler. The winners for Outstanding Makeup Artists and Hairstylists for Television uh, for a series, many or a mini series or new media, uh, Best Contemporary Makeup went to American uh, American Horror Story: Apocalypse, Aaron Kruger, mckesh Kim Ayers and Sylvina Knight. Uh, Mini series or new media, best contemporary hairstyling, uh, which is Dancing with the Stars, Gail Ryan, Brittany Spaulding, and um, Janie Kleinbar. Mini series or new media, <clears throat> best period and character makeup, um, the marvelous Mrs. Mizel, Patricia Reagan, Claude Lula, and Joseph Campano. Um, let's see, best period and character hairstyling. Um, the Marvelous Mademoiselle, uh Jerry DiCarlo, uh, John Jordan and Peg Sherold, Best Special Effects Makeup, Westworld, Justin Raleigh, Kevin Kilpatrick, and Thomas Flouts, Best Contemporary Makeup, King Lear. This is for um sorry, this is for a Motion Picture Made for Television or a Special Best Contemporary Makeup, King Lear, uh, Naomi Dawn and Sarah Kramer. Motion Picture Made for Television or Special, Best Contemporary Hairstyling, Jesus Christ Superstar, Live in Concert, Charles LaPointe, and Kevin Maybe. So congratulations to those winners. And then there's an even longer list, but I'm not going to go through all of those. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. If you're interested in seeing all of the winners, you can go to the Local 706 uh, website, or you can check out um, MakeupMag.com, That's Makeup Artist Magazine, and they always list... Uh, The winner's there as well. And that's all
2: I have for tonight. All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back right after this. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40%, and non professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At Friends Beauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skin care, wigs, and extensions Twelve ninety four. That's eight one eight six nine one twelve ninety four. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today.
1: All right. <clears throat> Please welcome to the show, everybody. Mamie Mitchell. Hi, Mamie. Hi. Hey. How are you?
3: I'm great, thank you. Uh, we are I so glad to all have you those. on. Thank you. I loved hearing uh, you start out with the Academy Awards because that was really a lot of fun, and there was a lot of makeup and hair.
1: Yes, it really was. I thought it was a great show this year. Um, What did you think, considering they didn't have a host? I'd
3: say I thought it was great without the host, and I loved the woman announcer, which was noticeable, and apparently I just read in the L.A. Times the other day, actually this morning. That um, I think she's been doing it for 10 years, but no, I never noticed. And I think that's because there was a host.
0: Right. There was
3: always a host. You know what I mean? And um, I thought she did a great job. And I just, I thought it was a great show. I I'm a script supervisor, but I'm a fashionista. I'm crazy about fashion. <laughs> got my little W magazine here. Got my bow. And um, okay. uh, who's the best see, dress? Yeah. yeah. Well, gosh, the lady, the uh, the hot pink, this big flowing oh. dress. Um
0: Um, um is uh, the best.
3: Uh, I don't know. No, no, Let's do. No. She was fantastic. It oh, was oh, like really um, like,
0: oh, yeah. That, I know you're talking she,
3: about I can't she think Was she Asian? Was she Asian? I a young, so. Mm.
0: I can't remember.
3: We'll have, somebody will have to look it up, or I'll look it up in a second. But it was the hot pink, and I thought it was incredible. I, I mean, there were so many of them. This year looked Maybe. like Hollywood. It's supposed to look. Yes. To me. Remember yes. the year they went back to the hippie stuff like 15 years ago? We were all like, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody remembers that. It only happened one year, but we were just sort of mortified. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought everybody looked great. I thought the hair looked great and the makeup, very glam. You know, it's elegant.
0: yeah. Mm. Right.
3: It was totally
1: it was totally Hollywood glam, and the woman is Asian, but I can't find a name on her yet, but that was a beautiful i don't i didn't know her, but
3: she was i mean i she just i thought she was amazing, and then I think lady gaga i mean oh, incredible, all of them yeah,
0: mm-hmm. even
3: yeah the, men, the great. men yeah, the men even uh kind of went farther than they have, I think.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. That,
3: look, that's <laughs> for sure, um,
1: considering, um, oh, God, what's his name? Billy Porter.
3: <laughs> Did he have the skirt on, the tux with the skirt? <laughs> yeah. Is that him?
1: I call, yeah, I called it a tuxedo dress.
3: <laughs> t- that tuxedo dress was a trip. Mm-hmm.
1: But he could get away with it. Yeah, right.
3: he
0: could
3: get away with it. <laughs> he could get away with it. Yeah. But Very back to Angela Bassett. I mean, she looked that outfit was incredible. Um I wish I could just remember everything. But there yeah, I, I had such a blast watching it in all the clothes. Mm-hmm. And the color. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just elegant.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What did you think? What, did you think,
3: about,
1: what did you think about? Go What you think about J Lo's dress? <laughs> well, the
3: one that she performed
1: in. The one she wore on the red carpet. I don't remember. I don't
3: know if
1: I, I, don't know if I remember what she performed in. What she perform in?
3: Well. Or was that the Grammys? You know what? I'm thinking of the Grammys because they all complained about her doing the Motown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. And that didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. I don't remember Jay. um, Yes, I do remember because I was looking at her husband who used to play for the Dallas baseball before he went to New York. And he's kind of, I'm not that crazy about A-Rod. But anyway, uh, I do remember the dress and I didn't like it. So you didn't wasn't like my it? favorite I didn't really like it, no. It wasn't my favorite thing for her. What did you think? <clears throat>
1: when I first saw it I I liked it. I really liked it. I mean just as not necessarily red carpet, but I just I liked how it looked on her, I like how it fit her. Like I don't think she can it was
3: beautiful. Not, yeah.
1: not
0: look good in the dress,
1: you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> yes.
1: I mean, me personally, I would not have worn it. Not for the Oscars, no. Not well, for the Oscars. It was I, definitely. Might have
2: been
3: more fun a for dress. a party afterwards. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Where you're
3: it, gonna it definitely sit, you going to, you know, at 3 in the morning, it would have looked
0: good. Yeah, it was definitely a dress, <laughs>
1: dress that, that says I am I wasn't nominated, but I'm here, you know, type of thing. So That's definitely, what I um, hmm Yeah. But nonetheless, everyone was amazing, looked amazing. Um, it was just wonderful. What about... Those makeup Helen? and hair worked
3: very hard.
1: Yeah. I that did was want
3: to mention green, that Green Book 1. Um, green Book 1, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to, you know, for Tara Day, who was head of makeup and hair on Green Book? And you know the people have been talking about. Well, I mean everybody loved the movie. I've not heard one pe- mm-hmm. one. First. I loved it. I, I just it was a it was a story, very interesting story, well told, and it was well cast, and I think it was well directed. Um, but you have all these different kinds of movies in the same category. So how are you really gonna? Some don't. Comparing apples to oranges sometimes, but um, right. Tara Day and then Jordy and I can't remember Jordy's last name because I've only worked with her once. Um, and uh, but they created the look and I think they did a really really good job. And, and I think has- that also helped Vigo, Vigo's character a lot. And um, how do you say his name? Mahershala Ali. Yes, yes. I mean, I just think for them to be in character and everything. Yeah. So Tara did well, a great job. She wasn't nominated, but I think she did a really—they did a really good job. Before we get
1: into what we're supposed to be talking about tonight, I mean, it all—it's all still related. But let me ask you, um, because you work so closely, you know, with hair and makeup, um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember if they've always done this, like they give the hair and makeup award together. So it's like a team effort type of thing. I can't remember if there was ever a time, or I thought that there was a time when it was separate, when the category was separate on the Academy Awards.
3: Was it ever separate? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I know that. Was it ever separate on the Emmys? Hmm. I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I I really I, I couldn't answer, answer that. Because,
0: I don't think there were I,
3: two separate. Because
1: I'm off, I always often think about this. You know, for both hair and makeup to be. Great, you know, because you—I don't—I don't remember how many um, how many uh, um, films were nominated for the hair and makeup. I can't remember if it was like three or if it was four, um, or if it was even I'm more gonna... than that. But to to get a team where it was great enough for both sides to be nominated, I'm just like wondering how. How easy is that? You know what I mean? Like, because there are some times when you can look at a film and the makeup's great, but then you have issues with hair or vice versa. So to find, you know what I mean, to find a a lot of projects where you can say that everything was on point, the hair and the makeup, you know, because they're giving it away pretty much like as a team thing, which I think is, I think it's cool that way, but how many, how many movies have I been on? Where I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, well, I know what you're here. saying.
3: And the thing is, it, well, did you get to, were you the head of your department? Or were you head of makeup? Um, or did you get to practice, hire your team? Yes. I have a friend here who I'm not going to say who she is. Um, she's mm-hmm. a personal friend as well. We just, kind of when I got here, and I, I moved to Santa Fe to be with my boy. To, I met met a guy, and after nine eleven, I moved mm-hmm. here from LA. I thought, okay, I'll move here, have the babe, and then I'll just fly all over the country and do movies like I always did, but then the film incentive started. So, you know, mm-hmm. they don't travel around as so much. But anyway, I became very good friends with her, and her career was really, she had only been doing this a couple of years. She used to be a still photographer in New York. Doing a little bit of fashion, and um, I helped her. I did a couple of movies with her, and I helped her and explained a lot of things, like why, like we were mm-hmm. talking about the other time I was on your show, how things work and why why this and why that. But not about how to do makeup, because I my friends are still trying to teach me how to get my mascara on. But anyway, <laughs> so so anyway, she mentioned to me last fall. <laughs> I said, what do you, I thought you were doing so-and-so show. It was a pilot, it was, I wasn't a pilot, something. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I said, what do you mean? What happened? And she said, well, the producer or production manager hired the hair person without consulting her, and she had been hired as the head of the department. And they went ahead and Mm -hmm. hired a hairdresser, and this woman, my friend, spouted out. She said, "I don't want to work mm-hmm. with that person." And she takes it very seriously. So I think that's what you were talking about in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a to yeah. compliment. Yeah. If you do great makeup, and yeah, then com- yes, you send them, send them out
1: you know sometimes that's happening a lot now where when the makeup gets hired you know you know I just remember back in the day when a makeup person would get hired and the producers would look for the makeup person to give them who the hair person the head of the hair you know department should be well now that's it's almost like they yeah so now they're like hiring makeup and then they're not even giving makeup the opportunity to say who hair should be. They're coming up with, you know, whoever they want or whatever. You know, it's their decision. And so and I feel like that's the reason why a lot of times now you're getting these hair and makeup teams that just don't line up together, and then therefore it's not a team effort, and therefore you lose out on the opportunity to present this, you know, wonderful piece of work and have a chance at where an you, Academy Award. Where,
3: you, where you're creating the look together right. when you're working together, right?
4: Right, exactly. I have
3: a lot of makeup artists, friends, so I've heard, you know, that I socialize with for 30, 40 years. And uh, mm-hmm. so I hear their stories. They listen to mine about what's happening with my department, and I listen to them. And then, right. you know, then they let me go into their trailer every once in a while. <laughs> I get to go in the trailer every once in a while because my department doesn't have a trailer. We don't have anything. We have, we have to monitor, it's a chair. Right. Um, for for me, for me. Um, but that's interesting that you say that because I when she told me this, I was shocked. And upset because she had left some money on the table there, obviously. Didn't get to do the job. And we're not Atlanta and we're not L.A. and we're not New York. We're New Mexico. So even though it's busy and Netflix has bought the building down here and the film incentives, they're trying to raise the cap here, if anybody's interested in this, to lift it completely. Um, And we're going – I'm going to go over to the Capitol again. I went last week. Going again on Wednesday, when they read the bill in the committee to eliminate the cap in New Mexico, so you may be end up here mm-hmm. working. But um, and that would be better for everyone. The thing is, I had never heard anyone what she told me. I had never heard that before, and it's interesting that you are telling me that that is something that does happen now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why they're doing that, why they think they would know better than the actual artist.
0: Right.
4: Right.
1: Well, maybe, maybe let's go back a little bit. Um, reintroduce yourself to our listening audience and tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, what, what's the? Describe what a script supervisor does every day how it relates to hair and makeup. And then I see Marietta on the line, and I'll bring her in in a little bit.
0: Okay.
3: Hi, Marietta. Okay. I, as we said, and I think this is a really good way, it's the way I describe it. My job um, is to um, communicate between the director and the sh- and the shooting to, and what goes on film to the editor. I'm the person in between the editor and the director. And I'm transferring information to the editor when they, uh, sometimes before, and I work with them a little bit. Um, if they need something to work specifically um, in a certain way to cut with something, we're either going to shoot. Or we've already shot And and it's just a necessary piece Or say they need a transition That says two scenes Something has to happen between these two scenes Like we need an establishing shot outside Just so the audience can breathe for a minute Just take a breath So hold on that And then get into the next scene Which people don't think about a lot But you need to catch your breath And process sometimes While you're watching a film and get your catch your breath to to then get involved in where's she going? What's she gonna do now? What's he gonna do? Is he gonna you know? Where is he going in that car? Anyway, and then it's like communicate, and that involves a lot of paperwork. That's the paperwork. I take you know I write down every shot, how long it is, and where you can find it on on the camera, where on the film and um but it really is about the continuity taking care of continuity and being the checks and balances there is to is to make sure that the movie cuts together seamlessly and i'm the person and i'm uh, i'm an old timer and i was trained um Kind of like, I mean, the same way Martin Scorsese's script supervisor is trained. And she has a thing online right now that's been going around Facebook explaining her job, and it's very interesting. And it's got nothing to do with writing anything down. It's just a continuity. And mm-hmm. you know, at one at one point, and so it's these different. It's the same scene, and in different angles because that's what you do. So you want to. Make sure within a scene it cuts. And then also in the context of where those characters are coming from and where they're going. And if that's the same day, the next day, three years later, flashback or whatever. So it's making sure the movie cuts together seamlessly so you're not taken out of your uh, suspension of reality, which is what you go to to a movie for. We get a break from our conscious brain. We get to put that to sleep and just go off into dreamland. And um, so I'm the girl, I'm the person that makes sure that if if she has her hair tucked behind her ears, that in the next scene they're tucked behind her ears. And I prefer to work with hair people that are on the set that um that are watching them. You know? But if they've right. gone away and in the middle of the scene she has whatever she uh she takes it down, right? She's telling a story and she's fussing with her hair. So now her hair is different. If the hair person has gone away for some reason, been called, you know, to like talk about the call sheet, the prelims, or something, and I see that, then I will tell them when we go again, or I'll tell a makeup person. Whatever it is, I'm there to make sure that it's right, so the movie cuts together seamlessly. Now, a lot of people don't want to – this is also – there is one person here, when she's, she comes to the set, she sits down, and she doesn't get up.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: and she's not watching, and a lot of them are on their phone right now, and they're not watching, yeah. and you don't need to look at the monitor. You need to be in, in your chair, whatever. You just see, and especially where you're standing up, look at the actor. Look at the shot and see what it is. It's a medium shot. You don't need to be at the monitor for that. You know it's a medium shot, so you can step to the side and just make sure. I mean, I've worked, and they go in, they're very subtle. I've worked with just great makeup and hair people. It's the same thing with the, when they come with the makeup, um, makeup is pretty straightforward. They're going to get patted down and touched up unless it Mm -hmm. becomes a special effects thing. And um, here is a funny story. (laughs) What was I doing? Here's a funny, funny story. He'll kill me, but he probably wouldn't remember. Bobby Duvall, who I've done four movies with, Robert Duvall, we were doing mm-hmm. The Apostle. I don't know if y'all saw that, but he had a hairpiece and it had the netting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sure I got the right movies together. Yeah. <laughs> And we had, no, it, was, uh, it wasn't It was the apostle. It was the handmaid's tale. Oh, my God. And so he had a hairpiece. And you could see the netting was very, I mean, it had to be lit a certain way. Very, uh, you know, it's a huge receding hairline. So anyway, you all know more about it than I do. But this particular piece. Could be seen easily, and so they were always messing with it. And we were doing this one scene, and he got so frustrated because the director kept cutting. And at some point, he—I yeah. thought I was going to die. The cameraman, Mitch, Mitch Dubin, uh, another guy who's a huge cameraman right now. Uh, the focus puller and me are smashed up against the wall, like three of us, and we were the only people We had a little bitty monitor. And we could look in because Faye Dunaway was lying on her back. Natasha Richardson was on top of her. And Robert Duvall was pretending, you know, trying to, he was doing the thing. And it's a very sensitive scene. And Volker, our director, cut in the middle of, like, huffing and puffing. And Bobby Duvall came, he just came out and he ripped his thing off. And he said, just get any old actor with a hairpiece to do this part, <laughs> and I'm telling you, he <laughs> came right by Mitch Cuban and and Mitch Almonds, Mitchell Ammons, and he's a big DP now, and me, and we didn't we couldn't breathe for like two minutes. He just stood there <laughs> up against the wall, but it was the funniest thing in the world. And so uh, then I did another move, two more movies with Volker. And um, we would laugh about that every once in a while. He would turn to me and say, "Just get any old actor with the airpiece to do." <laughs> but occasionally, I will see something like that. I'll, you know, I'll just—it's. I don't want to overstep, but I'll say, right. "Is that okay? You know, is that, is everything okay?" That's what I like to say. Is like, is everything okay? <laughs> If it really doesn't match, then I will say I'm very sorry. Her hair is not matching, and that's only if we're rushing. Everybody's trying to get it right, and the director doesn't care for some reason because he's all involved. But we're trying to say, "You're this isn't going to cut right," you know? Right. Um, no. That's all. So I pulled, up
1: a, I pulled up a definition of script supervisor from Google, and this is what it said. A script supervisor is a, is a member of a film crew who oversees the continuity of the motion picture, including wardrobe, props, set dressing, hair, makeup, and the actions of the actors during a scene. The notes recorded by the script supervisor during the shooting of a scene are used to help the editor cut the scene. That's a little bit of what you said earlier. Now, mm-hmm. how difficult is it keeping up with all of that? Like, you know, I know we just talked a little bit about the hair and the makeup, but also wardrobe, um, you know, this this set deck, props, like just knowing when something's out of place. Now All of those departments of course are responsible for their own departments.
3: But I'm the police. Yes. I'm the or I mean it's I'm glad you you explained it that way. I'm glad you explained it that way. Thank you. They are responsible. Uh, they are responsible to put to get the lamp back on the table and the memo pad and the cigar with the guillotine and the ashtray those props need to be on the desk and if that desk has been moved out of the room and moved back in or whatever that's, that's set dressing that has to have three I'm looking at my table here It has to have three chairs not four and it everything has to be on that table the way it was, and I, I mean, Marietta may agree, maybe not, but I loved Polaroids because I could take, I could take my Polaroids. I'm going
4: to reach that and send it on D.O.A. for What? That was Marietta. Well, Marietta, you're right. on Marietta.
3: Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can hear you, but I didn't know that you put me in the queue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just saying I prefer. You're asking me how I keep up with it. I keep up with it by what I write. I write. I take extensive notes. That's why I'm not digital, and I don't want to be digital because I I want. I absolutely love that. I'm the paper and pencil. And that's how I am. And I have more control. I have an eraser and a pencil. And I write, I write, write, write. Each take, take three, right hand up. Take three, lamp off, no good. Take, take three, this is when he turned the lamp off on this line. And on take two on that one. And then you turn to the director after you do all these masters. And you say, these are a couple things that are different. Which one would you like to match to? Mm-hmm. and, and, and she'll, she or he will say, this one, and I'll say, great. And then I'll let the, you know, and then I'll let the act, and it, how I work with the actors, just like, sometimes I wait, see if they're going to do it and take one. If they do it the wrong way, then I'll go up and gently say, um, you're going to go ahead and turn the the lamp off after, you know, on this line. Yeah. And um, nope, nope. But I have it nope. for every single take. What I liked about before the digital camera, I liked the digital cameras, but the thing is sometimes I have to hand my camera away. And now, anyway, we used to do Polaroids, and we just, and that's hair. That has to do with the sweat that happens on the shirt, under the arm, what happens after they kiss, uh, whose hair got messed up, and then she's going to leave, pick up her coat. Now her hair's got to look, you know, say it's a big makeout scene. She's leaving, her hair's got a look, but it's got a match. You know what I'm saying? On the way out the door. Yep. And if you're cutting to that, so I have a photograph. Now, of course, we have video, but I don't like to, re- I don't rely on that so much because it takes time. You have to communicate mm-hmm. with this other person and I'll blah, blah, blah. I rather just. Yep. I walk around too. I walk around with my script. I'm not sitting in a chair all the time. I don't do that. I, and I'm certainly never going to walk around with a computer. Why would I do that? It's ridiculous for me. <laughs> I just have a book and a pencil and an eraser and a camera. <laughs> you know, I I would prefer I would prefer to, to use Polaroids
1: myself, but productions are too cheap to buy the film. They're all they're also too cheap. To buy the ink and the paper for you to print out the digital photos. So now they want you to do everything on sync on set, and it just takes two times longer um, just to find a, a photo. If you have to go back to match something, it, it just takes so much longer just to find what you're looking for. It's ridiculous.
3: But that's the other thing, and I found also, yeah, it's. I was doing a lot of printing of the pics. Here's the other thing. Um, I could write on my Polaroids. But anyway, what I do now for me, um, and I have enough to do at the end of the day. I don't like to be printing pictures out, so I rarely print them out. I have them. What I do on my camera is I take a picture of of my notes, like I'll have, or sometimes I'll do the slate real quick. I'll shoot the slate, and then I'll shoot the beginning of the scene. Or I'll the slate, and it'll ta- be take one, two, or three. If I know it's going to be, ta- if I know that things might be flying around and really change, then I'll shoot the take number, or I'll just do it on my. I'll shoot the what I'm writing on my script. Take one, take two. Right. And that's I keep track of each individual take, and and that's being a professional because some people think that it's all magic that it's all just going to stay the same on each take. And that's not the case at all because you can be rolling and she puts both all her hair behind her shoulders as she walks in. Now that they can change, you can set them one way and once you start to roll, it can change. That's where you have to kind of pay attention. Right. During the shot. And also being mindful that a person is in character and the futzing. So sometimes it's difficult. I mean, that's the human factor to it, is that you're working with actors. Mm-hmm. Right. And if they're all into it, they don't want to be, sometimes they don't want to be touched. So we give and take. That's true. So true. Has there ever been a time so. when
1: something was wrong with makeup and it, you know, it did not match. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had an experience where makeup was off, it didn't match, and what, what happened?
3: Uh, I tell the makeup artist. And, or sometimes, if that's not really going to be happening, then I'll just, I look at the director and I say, this is very different. Mm -hmm. And If you And I don't They know when I speak Like that That they need to pay attention Or they'll say Because I don't I'm not uh, nitpicky about everything like that Usually everybody's Mm -hmm. got it together But if it's not Mm going to work Then I bring it up and if they say, don't worry about it, I'm never going to use that, then that's it. If they
0: mm-hmm.
3: don't really get it, then I might mention it again. And and I tell them that in the interview, though. I say, I'm going to, I'll mention something once, and but it's I'm not directing the movie. It's up to you. But if I really think that there's going to be a problem, I'm going to tell you again. And I let them know up front mm-hmm. in the interview when I'm, that that's how I work. And... um And then they go, okay, we got to go again. And we do. And we get it right, and then they thank me. Well, it works out.
1: (laughs) Have you ever worked with a director that you didn't like?
3: Oh, yeah. Now, how did that that work out?
1: Because you said not that many. That's That's good.
3: Not that many. How How did that work out? I just keep doing my job i i just i do my job i mean i my stomach is probably a little tight um, right but, you know what I mean and I'm, but eventually, even though and some of them are rude make no mistake about that um now you're like your set wife, I mean you're there. For every shot, every take And every rehearsal with these people You and the director So um, There haven't been that many That I don't like That I mean Or that I can't tolerate But some of them, no, I do not like And some of them Are just You wouldn't like them anyway if If they were your bank teller You wouldn't like them Right. You know what I mean? But you have to be professional and sometimes you're walking on eggshells, but you just have to be professional and count your money or something. I mean, I think we've all been in that kind of position. Right. There's a couple of actors I haven't liked, Oh yeah, you know, and I know that's true for makeup in here as well. I mean, there's some people that are just you don't know, get along with, or they're not they're just rude they can be rude or something, but not that often. My bigger complaint are the long days, or um. understaffing or some people that, and I, well, my biggest complaint is too many people behind me at the monitor. And it's not the people involved in the shot, like makeup, hair, wardrobe. I'm fine with them all being there because we're all on the same team. You know, we are all, right. we have, we're all there to make, we've got all these eyes to make sure it's right. And I love that. Um, I just love it, but not if ch- you can't be chit chatting behind me while we're rolling. Um, right. That's not, that's not good for concentration. But um, for any script supervisor, I love that. I don't like five producers sitting behind me.
0: Oh, I was going you know, to ask
3: about. No, or, I mean, sometimes it gets to be a little too much. Mm-hmm. But usually, that's only at the beginning of the movie and then they've made an appearance, and then they leave. Not the real real producers, but, you know, the ones that, like the money people that pay you. Right. Um, But, I I mean, I love the collaborative part of it. I like it when everybody's excited about it. Um, And if it's good material, then you're, of course, you want it to be great a good performance. You like your actors. You like the parts, and I think it's it's just a big high if it's all working. And we've made a good piece. At the end of the day, you go home and you feel good. Right. I'd rather That's be certain. overtrained than undertrained.
0: That's for sure.
3: Um That's for But that, and the only other thing, I'm not. The thing that I don't... I'm not a huge movie person. I don't like all the visual effects. I don't want to write down visual effects. I'm not interested in that. I just not... I could have done that because I'm really good at math, but it's not drama, and it's not the... I just... I don't want to be writing down visual effects. That's not my thing. Mm. So... I'm rather, I'm just reality, straight sort of thing.
1: Mamie, can you talk a little bit about the script supervisor's um, script breakdown and why it's important for, um, the, makeup, for the makeup artist? Sure.
3: Um, well, there's a, there's a couple of breakdowns. First, I'll just, let me start with the page count. Um, yes Because everything as I was saying Before Everything in film is time and money Time and money And budget So How can we make a great product in this For this amount of money And in this amount of time And they need to, to stay to their Schedule if they can And whether it's a rained out day and you're making a move you're still getting a page count on that stage or in that apartment or if it's ready or whatever so it's about page count and then I guess for makeup and hair how many pages in this script is she gonna have that bruise on her forehead and so you know how much mm-hmm. how many how much? Okay, here Gigi Coker, who's a makeup artist, good friend of mine from Dallas for a very long time, and I actually got her her first job on a movie. She's was a huge uh, print and commercial makeup artist already in Dallas, and she begged me to get on this film. And that was funny. I said, I said, well, I, I was doing these American Playhouse films, and Lindsay Law wanted me to come to do Roanoke, which is John. John White discovers, you know, for the king of England, discovers the Great Bay. He's sent to discover the Great Bay, but they get off course, and he land, lands on the island of Roanoke. And it's inhabited by, and they're the English, and they've been on a boat for a really long time to get over here. And they're dressed in their English stuff, but they're filthy. And they become filthier throughout, throughout the four-hour uh, miniseries. And they come to the island, and there's the Native Americans of Roanoke. So you've got Joe running Fox, and then you've got, I mean, the actors were unbelievable, all these New York actors anyway. I told Lindsay Lowe I didn't want to go do it. Thank you very much. But I didn't want to do it uh, because I wanted to stay home with my boyfriend in Dallas and work on my relationship. I was 26 or something, 27. And he begged me and begged me, and I said, in the meantime, Gigi had seen the script. He had a FedEx. My house is sitting there on the kitchen table. And Gigi looked at it while I was cooking, and she said, I have to make up the Indians. I said, what? She said, I have. She's holding the script shaking, like, like going to have a, a stroke. And she said, I have to make up these Indians. I said, oh, my God. And... So Lindsay Law is calling me the next day on Monday. He said, what will it take for you to come do this show in uh, Litchfield Beach, South Carolina? I said, well, if you hire my girlfriend, Gigi Coker, to be the makeup artist, I'll come do it. <laughs> he said, well, we can't do that. i said, what are you talking about? He's chain-smoking on the other end of the phone. I could hear him. He said, we have, to, we have to have someone from New York. And I said, well, um, I'll give you her phone number, but if you want to hire her, then I'll come do it. I'd already done one, two, two or three shows for him. Anyway, uh, it's the only time this has ever happened to me. And so they ended up flying her in her book. She had to fly herself up to New York to meet with Neil to become a huge production designer. Anyway, there was a costume designer for the Indians and a costume designer for the English. And they hired her. They hired Gigi. And I'm like, what? And now <laughs> <laughs> I'm my boyfriend, sorry, I have to go do the show.
0: So we <laughs> went,
3: and G- Gigi decided she would have these transfer tattoos made. And so she has this company in New York, and she had transfer tattoos, and they were incredible. By the end of the show, we were all wearing Um, (laughs) them—the women under the eyes, oh, just incredible. And then she decided she would get because the Native Americans used to use bear oil on their bodies. So she found someone—I think it was in Wisconsin who had two gallons of bear oil. Maybe, I don't know, it was some amount like that. And she bought all they had and had it shipped in. And we were all sharing a house. I was in the house with all the makeup people. And so I know a lot about the makeup and hair from that. Oh, I have a funny story about that. There's too many stories. Anyway, but she put bear oil all over Joe Running Fox and everybody the Native Americans have. I don't know why I'm telling you this now. Mm-hmm. I can't, I've lost my train of thought. But, um, I don't know, just keeping up with the tattoos, with all of it. Oh, time and money. How long, how many Natives are in this scene? How long, how close are you going to be? They're coming up getting off, off of the boats. Are we going to see them close up? Because if we are, I'm going to need to barrel oil them down, and I'm going to need to put all of their tattoos on. Or is it just a wide shot? And Marietta and everybody, you know, understand what I'm saying. That matters for how long it's going to take to get those people ready to get in those boats and go out and come back in with the cam- you know, the two cameras rolling. So I do the breakdown. I do their day-night breakdown. What happens on what day, what night? If it's two weeks later, if it's the next day, if it's a flashback. Uh, when the woman is 20 and now she's 50, um, makeup and hair and wardrobe, and our department get that, and they can start doing their breakdowns. Um, if they have a scar. At twenty, you know, and that that accident changed their life at twenty and they've got a scar. What does that look like at fifty when you're in present day? Do you see a faint mm-hmm. part of it? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that makeup is looking looking at me to get from from me and from the director who has to sign off on my breakdown, and then I work with that person, and they'll say, "No, no, 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 it's all this is all the same day. Oh, okay. So there's no wardrobe change. There's no hair change. It happens, you know, that night. So she's in the same clothes, hair. Maybe she put her hair up. And so it's just a timeline. But then it's how many pages. How long is that person in that look? How many times do I have to put those tattoos on for how many scenes? Uh-huh. So I know how many tattoos to have made. Um. Or the scars, and I don't know anything about putting a scar on. I know latex. I mean, I've, uh, but I'm not a makeup artist. But I know that it takes a while because I sit at the monitor. They need another half an hour. Um, we weren't supposed to be done with the shot. We got the shot so fast, we We have to wait on them. I can't rush them. I told them they had this long, or they told me they needed that. Um, so it's just that. That's
0: what the breakdown's about.
1: Nice. It's definitely it's definitely needed. Um, Marietta, because I know Marietta no. is very... No no, 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 Talk a little bit about the makeup artist's breakdown of
4: the script. Um, I, I I think it's so important because I like to read the script a minimum of three times before I even start to break it down, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Because you miss so much, and like I, I find now with today's technology, I cannot read a script on a computer. I just can't. No, because I I miss so I, I miss so many things. You know what I mean? And and so so I like to have a physical script in front of me. I like to have a collection of highlighters. So I can, when I start to break down, I can go through with my highlighters and highlight and I color code everything so I can see what my principles look like. Then I can see what my background um, and, you know, day players and stuff and locations. Um, And once I highlight all of that, then when I go back, I start to really break it down to see exactly what's going on, try to figure out time lapses and just see a timeline. And that's when I... Rely on the script supervisor to give me a, a full timing breakdown so I know is it a day, an hour, how much time, so I know when to make my changes. Because if it's all in the same day, it's not going to be realistic to make a million and one lipstick changes or eyeshadow or all sorts of stuff. So I like to see what that timing breakdown is so I know exactly what I need to do. Plus, breaking down that script also gives me an opportunity to see. What am I looking at? How many men, how many women, ages, all that kind of stuff, so I can start to create my own shopping list, and I also can try to figure out how many people once I get an extra breakdown, how many people do I need to have on staff? so that whole script thing gives me so much information to work with, and then, as if any effects, if there's any effect, what is it? Is it basic stuff that I can do myself, or do I have to bring in? a whole a team to do stuff um, or it's production. And a lot of times production before they even talk to you, they hire an effects crew to do certain things. And then you find out after the fact, you know? So, so it, it's just a very interesting dynamic. And the question you had before, um, one of the big reasons is that you don't have that production tends to hire here separately before makeup hired recommended here but now they're two separate departments right so because they're two separate departments a lot of times there's no cohesion between the two they they act as two completely independent entities and sometimes the collaboration's not there especially when you don't have a rapport with each other from the beginning you don't know who these people are you don't know who each other um who each other is then it be, presents a real difficult scenario to work in um and it's challenging sometimes like that you know Absolutely. but at least when you when you have a say in who that hair person is coming in to work with you it makes a tremendous difference because then you really collaborate the 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 the, the way it should be right and the right. other thing that and, you, you know, mentioned stuff uh, really
3: trickles huh? it trickles down too. If, oh, yeah. if that team doesn't work, I can feel it all the way at the monitor because I hear everything. And right. so I think it's important. And I think professionally if if I may say this, if it is a situation where where both people are put in that position, those two department heads if you can be professional and open to trying to create, find a common ground for the look and try and, you know, just be interested in making a great project instead of holding on to some kind of power for just your department or something, then that goes a long way to of course really making work. Of, of course it does.
4: There was something else that you said earlier in the beginning of the show. In reference to um, you asked the question about hair and makeup, um, as far as the Academy Awards go, that's what you were in Mm -hmm. reference into, right? Yes. Well, one of the things is before you have to remember it was, and this goes back to the old studio system and how it was. It was Mm -hmm. makeup was the department heads, right? That. um, so makeup right. the you know you, and the makeup controlled everything and, and 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 hair hair worked on the makeup um so it was always a makeup award, it was not a hair award, and sure. it's only so hair could only be nominated if makeup was nominated. it could not be considered unless makeup was considered now that has changed. Because, you know, you have so many talented hairdressers and sometimes you watch a movie, especially a period piece, and the hair is just spectacular and the makeup is minimal in comparison to what the hair is. And and something like a, a Mary Queen of Scots. I mean, look at how phenomenal yeah. the hair work, The hair work was in that movie, you know? I mean, absolutely phenomenal and, and, and stuff. The makeup was, yeah, just a, your basic period makeup. But it was phenomenal. I mean, great character work to begin with. But just phenomenal hair work on that movie, you know. So so when you look at that for consideration for for, for Oscars, you're looking at the hair more than anything else. You know, and um and, and I've been you know, I've been fortunate enough to have been a voting member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, um, for the last twenty two years. And um and and been on the executive branch, I think like I think you serve a five year term, something like that, so I get a chance first hand up close and personal to 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 really we go through we're the ones that go through those that list of movies, all the movies that are out in Los Angeles from january 30, january first to december thirty first that have been shown in Los Angeles to see what the work looks like, and we put that list forth to the general. Um, Assembly of the the makeup and hair branch You know so It's a very interesting dynamic And uh, you know a lot of people I listen sometimes A lot of people watch the shows but they don't really Understand what goes into it To to, come up with the final Decision and the whole voting process And stuff and um, and, You know it's a very interesting Dynamic very very interesting That was a whole show by itself (laughs) Yeah
1: absolutely We're going to have to do that one
4: more time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's a whole show by itself. But but Mamie brought up so many amazing points that that um and and I think that that's one of the problems that we have today because so many people are now coming in without going through the proper training. They're coming in because they're starry they, class. They they've done um, a lot of photo shoots and things of that nature, but they haven't gotten the proper training as far as film goes in. And um, as far as understanding how to break that script down, how to put a department together, things of that nature. So, 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 you have a lot of people who are winging it to to make it work for them in their careers. Mhm. Well, well,
0: the
3: they're, they're winging huh? it. They're winging it, and there's just I don't know. I don't know how to solve the problem of. It's the film. It's just the film incentives. I don't know. Everybody mm-hmm. can be. Um, it's very different. That's all I know. It <laughs> is very, it's different. Different. <laughs> <laughs> very different. It's it very is, different. It is, and I had a lady say to me, "I did a a day on a Netflix show here a couple of um, this week, which was great." Uh, I get to see a lot of friends And meet some new people I met three different directors On the same day And uh, see some really good people That I know And the makeup and hair people They played great people on that show There's a woman shadowing the director And she said She's probably 30 Something And I was asking her about that a little bit And she said, well, she will shadow on four shows and um, she's guaranteed to get to direct two shows, episodes of something. And she'll shadow on four different episodes of four different shows because she's in a program. And I said, "Um, what did you do before that? And she said she directed some commercials. And... um, I said that's that's very interest, very interesting, and we were talking, and I, I just said to her that my group, my age group, did not move up. There was no shadowing. There was no women. There were no women directors. That was it. Period. We just they, we didn't move up. There were no women directors. Maybe occasionally there would be one, but it was basically unheard of. And she turned to me and she said, well, I've always created my own opportunities." You know, I thought, she's kind of not hearing what I'm saying. Because I've always (laughs) created my own opportunities, too. Except there was a wall I could not get through. There were doors I could not get in. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
3: So that has changed. I mean... I, and I said to her, I said, well, it's easy. Also, it's easy to create opportunities when you have a when you have Final Cut Pro and a camera from a store. I mean, for a thousand dollars, for whatever.
0: You, and when
3: I came up, you can't get a Panavision camera. You couldn't get a sound mixer. You could, but you don't need all that now. You couldn't get an editing bay. It would cost a fortune to make your own movie. It was unheard of. Plus, you didn't get hired. But that's a little bit different. But I find that she had no – she didn't know what I was really talking about. She did not understand kind of what was going on right now because that it was like – we could have created all our own opportunities, and that really was not true. And It wasn't true, period. You couldn't get in the door. Now they have a program for this and a program for that to get everybody in the door, and I'm happy about that. I love the diversity, and I like, I love all that. But, you know, it's good to remember that some of us have been around for a very long time who have gotten a lot of experience, And and just to remember that I think. And mind that experience. That's how I felt with the directors I worked with who were brilliant. It was like, oh my God, I was learning next to these great people.
0: Right. And so Mamie
1: before them. we bring before we bring the show to a close, can you tell me like what advice would you give to those considering being a script supervisor or who you know or having some interest in being a script supervisor, what advice would you give them?
3: I would uh, now, I would take, I would meet a script supervisor and ask them if they could ask them if you could hang out with them on the set and just hang out for a few days mm-hmm. and see if they like it because they may not like it. Right. Exactly. It's a very hard, a very hard job, and it takes a very long time to learn how to really do it. It Takes years to really get good at at doing it. And I would just tell them that if you really, if you're interested in that, I would find someone and ask if you could just shadow them for a couple of days, see if you want to do it, and then ask them what they should do. Or take an online course or go to L.A. and take a course in person with some people at the uh, 871 Hollywood. Or I guess they're doing that in Atlanta. Um, and then I would do short films for free. I would volunteer right. on student films, short films, reels, anything for free. And say I'll volunteer to do it for free to get experience and to get a little to learn how to do it that's what I did mm-hmm. I was trained by someone in a big movie I got trained and because um, we had no we didn't have any internet we had no internet we had no video nothing no computer <clears throat> to get information you had to be with someone and it was very difficult um, and in LA it was illegal we had to sneak around I had to sneak around I pretend like I wasn't even there because it was against the IA rules for them to train anyone. Crazy, back then. Oh, wow. And, uh, oh, yeah, I couldn't even be there. And at the last three days of the film, she got a letter. After eight weeks of shooting, she got a letter saying there will be no training of any kind and we could fine you or, you know, whatever it's called. Um, anyway, Put a, give her a ticket. I don't know. And by then, I had learned as much as I could. I turned around. She called me. She said in how the Hollywood Reporter, there is an ad for all these crew people, including a script supervisor, to work for free on an AFI film graduate project. Call them. So I called the woman up, and I got the job for free. And do you know what? That film... Her name was Shelley Levinson. She was at AFI directing program. It was four, four almost 39 years ago. And it took her a while to edit that film anyway. Two years later, it won the Academy Award for Best Short Film. I could have died. I'm I was in go. Dallas. And I fell on the floor. I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> and then I did some other stuff for free. And then I got, and then I just got very lucky. I a little so nice, uh, that
0: nice.
3: would be the advice that I would have, but if there if if a woman or a man is 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 I became a script supervisor because I wanted to become a director, and I thought that was a great place to learn mhm, that we didn't move that yeah. we didn't move up and that's unfortunate. The other place to learn directing is being, is in the editing room. If somebody wants to be a script supervisor because they want to direct, I would suggest they do not do that. I would suggest mm. that they just start di- directing and learning story and learning writing and, and a bunch of other things. But I would not become a script supervisor because you will be stuck doing that. You won't move up to director from being a script supervisor. you got to know why you're doing it. Wow. That's Good my advice. professional
0: opinion. Hmm.
1: Well, thank you, Mamie, so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. I love
3: hearing your story. I have a million of them. Call me up sometime. I'll tell you some more. Thank you for inviting me. I love the, I love the makeup and hair department, so I'm glad that I can be, a, I'm going to say I'm in the makeup and hair department now that I've been on your show twice. Yes. Well, welcome, welcome aboard. Thank you. <laughs>
1: We need someone like you in the hair and makeup department. <laughs> Absolutely, and thank you, Marietta, for calling in. We appreciate it.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Anytime, anytime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, when I when I was listening to the Academy stuff, I was like, oh, wait a minute, let me set them straight on that. One. <laughs> All right, so you, you guys are so welcome. No. <laughs>
1: Speaking of speaking of the academy, I just wanted to say I, I did some research while we were talking tonight, and the lady uh, that you were talking about, Mamie, in the the was it like the pink or fuchsia dress? Her name mm-hmm. I don't know if to pronounce. Her she was is it Gemma Chan? Yes, Gemma. Is it Gemma? Gemma Chan, and she's wearing Valentino. Yeah, it
3: was Valentino. That dress blew me away. I just, I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was, it was the one That was the one. There were so many, though. This year was really great for fashion, hair, all of it, makeup. It was beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful show. Marietta, what did you yeah. think?
4: I was bothered by quite a few hot spots. I think lighting needs to start paint I think lighting needs to have a conversation with makeup. It was too many hot spots that key light hit everybody in the same place on the forehead. <laughs> and,
0: and I, and yeah. I think,
4: and, and that it drove me nuts. And I think one of the problems is, is that the transition from walking the red carpet onto a stage to accept an award and lights that are really not individually set is very difficult. And it's time that, I mean, the, the light, I thought the light was so harsh. This year they needed more diffusion Because and people need to Stop using all that sheen and shimmer And all that stuff and they need to mm-hmm. learn How to work with a powder puff They need some mm-hmm. powder and a Puff because a brush cannot Set makeup the same Way they needed To look because everybody Wants this shiny dewy skin shine Sheen shimmer all that stuff does not Work with ultra H C. I I mean it just does not it just Makes the face look greasy
0: And they need to learn how
4: to use some anti-shine, some anti-shine in those hot spots, you know. Get Eve's Pearl powderless powder, a little bit of that boom, boom, boom in those spots. And, you know, I mean, even to the naked eye, it may look matte, but once those lights hit it, it's not matte anymore. And I find that the people who are done, who have been in this industry, who are done by people who have been in this industry for a really long time, are using powder puffs in loose powder to set the makeup and you can see the difference. Julia Roberts' face looked beautiful. Yes. it
3: does. Bette Midler
4: looked mm-hmm. yeah. Bette Midler looked amazing. Eugenia did a Bet's face. She looked amazing. She looked stunning. She did not yes, look greasy. Oh, you how, know, about how about Helen? How about Helen? What
0: yeah,
4: she old, old. Oh Helen Marin, you know that's my woman crush. Yeah,
0: mine
4: mm-hmm. too. That's my woman crush, honey. I just love her to death. So I just think she's she's like in you know, an oozing sex appeal. So,
0: yeah.
3: She is. She's such a role model for the people getting older, right? Yeah.
0: Yep.
4: Yeah. She's, yep. I was shocked that she was
3: married to Taylor Hatford.
4: Especially since, maybe you remember how we met Taylor?
3: <laughs> how did we meet him with Marty? How did we meet him?
4: Because I met him again. You're not going to believe this story. How did we meet him? Did you
3: do the long walk home?
4: The long walk home. Did you do that? Huh? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, remember, he came on the
3: set.
4: He came on the set, and he was not very nice, and um, he fired the director, and we had to wait two weeks to get a new director.
3: No, but Marietta, that's, I didn't realize that's what, I couldn't remember that. That's when I came in was after John Bailey and his wife were fired.
4: Yes. And they yes, fired yes, Richard
3: Pierce, yes. and all of a sudden I got this 911 phone call. Can you, yes. are you available? <laughs> and I yes, said, yes, oh, yeah. Yes. And they said, Montgomery, Alabama. And I said, i am come on my way. And then, but I didn't meet Taylor Hackford, but the reason I know about him are we still on the phone, on the line?
0: Yeah, anyway. that's
3: fine. <laughs> he's, diff- he's what you would call a difficult director. I'm not the only one to say that. He's a difficult director. My dear friend Lou Gossett uh, and Marty Alfond. Yeah. Well, Lou would say anything, but Marty Alfond, who we, Marietta and I declare as heart with, Marty Alfond would never work with Taylor. Hackford again. He had done something with him. Remember that? Oh, yeah.
4: He was rough. He was he was so rough to deal with.
3: And then... He was so rough to deal with. So I was shocked that he was it married was to Helen. Some, I couldn't believe it either. I don't but, know what... what? I, that really? was very shocking. When I, yeah. I
0: need
3: to ask you was what about Amy Poehler's makeup? That horrified me at the very beginning of the show. Go back and look at it. If you don't remember. I was horrified. I don't know. And I didn't know if it was a joke. What? <laughs> I was. Did you see it? <laughs> Who's laughing? Did you see it? I can't remember what it looked like. I have to go back and look. You would. I wish that you would and let me know. Um, something was very wrong there. Uh, and I don't know if it was a joke. I don't think it was, but it was, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> really, go back
0: and look. Oh,
4: I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to go back and look.
0: Please do, how both of the you, because...
3: The high and high I adore people.
1: Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: No, I just I'm I, I'm finished.
1: Oh, okay. No, I was just trying to look up uh, <laughs> look up Amy Poehler's look. Um, but I think I pulled up something very old.
0: The I eyeliner.
3: Talk about no pow. Talk about lack of powder. But it's it was the eyeliner, and everything was just her makeup. I don't know what happened there, but it was so noticeable <laughs> oh yeah, and i don't think I don't think it was a i I thought was this intentional But the- her material didn't you know <laughs> so it was, <laughs> it,
0: was not, it was
3: not great it was the only thing I noticed I don't remember noticing the hot spots, but I wasn't looking at that like you were. No, they shoot. Stevie Wonder could have seen them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Do you want to hear one more funny story? Once?
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's hear one.
1: More.
3: Maybe. Okay, my very first job in L.A. They brought me out of. I was in film school in Chicago. I'd done this TV thing, and Marty Passetta was the producer. Anyway, he was. They liked me. I was a good at Xeroxing, and blah blah blah. So anyway, they asked me about a month later, they called from L.A., would you like to do the Grammys with us? I'm like, what? So they flew me as a PA from Chicago to L.A. to work on the 1977 Grammy. And I had to go around and drive to all these celebrities' houses with a map of Hollywood and deliver their tickets, and then I had to get them to sign their after contracts. I met everybody. But Andy Williams was the host of the show. And anyway, there's so many stories involved, but during the show I got to sit in the booth with that famous announcer with a dark deep voice, he's very famous. And so I sat there during the live show of the Grammy. And at one point they <coughs> went to a satellite feed. Nobody even heard of one. There was a set we're going to use a satellite feed and we're going to Africa. Where Stevie Wonder is going to be performing. Stay tuned. Right, stay tuned. Stay tuned. So finally, they get to the point. Okay, they go to they go to the satellite feed. The whole United States is so excited, and there's Stevie Wonder, and he's playing. It's great. He's Stevie Wonder. He's playing, and all of a sudden, the satellite feed died. Nothing. It's just a blank screen. And there, and I'm in the booth, and and somebody's told Andy Williams that the satellite feed is down, and <laughs> he says, "Stevie, are you there? Are you there?" And there was nothing came back. Nothing back came back. He said, "Well, if you if you can't hear us, can you see us?" <laughs>
0: and the whole
3: <laughs> I'm not hitting you.
0: The whole.
3: Entire, <laughs> I looked down in the whole room, I'm looking down like God, and the announcers was over this whole room. No one was moving. And you gonna <laughs> heard the soundtrack. I'm telling you, it was the biggest faux pas ever. And we were just done.
0: <laughs> an it's a
3: right. commercial or something. We're gonna go to a commercial by Gillette Ray's or something. It's awful. But anyway, it was a that was my first poly with stuff. So oh my anyway, god, that is like hilarious. Uh, it's it was That's hilarious. I crack, I think about it to this day and it just cracks me up. Jesus <laughs> Robbie Andy <laughs> Williams. What
0: happened? Oh, my God, he was a
3: big kid. He was a big kid. just so funny. But, you know, I met Ella Fitzgerald. I met that year Natalie Cole performed. Uh, everybody, 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 everybody. That
4: That's
3: really
4: good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you've got some amazing stories. <laughs> well, I have
3: some funny, <laughs> I have a lot of stories. Those are my favorite things. Now, am just going back and telling the stories. When so you're also that, but when you're a script supervisor, you see and hear a lot of stuff. Everything, kind of.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: you do. Absolutely. Mhm. Absolutely.
3: Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you for including me.
1: Absolutely, thank you for joining us. Oh my God, I think I'm going to be laughing about that for a while. That was really true.
3: I'm not embellishing. That really happened. And I, I was, I was 20 or 19 or 20. I think I was 20. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know what to say or react. I just froze. Everybody froze. I did like look down. I peeked because there was a big glass, like in the, like if you were in the cockpit. We were like in the cockpit, and I did look down, and it was like no one moved.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I'm Man,
3: I like with live television. Anyway, <laughs>
4: yeah, whatever. Live TV, live TV is a whole different
3: animal. Yeah, you know, that's a whole different. That's the stress a of the world. I've done a couple animals. of those. Woo! <laughs> with the stage manager and her. Yep.
4: Valdez is still the stage manager Every time I look and I see Valdez He has been a stage manager for I don't even know how long
3: I know who you're talking about And when you said that On the, on the night of the awards It really warmed my heart Because we don't often talk about stage managers
4: Yep yeah.
3: And that's a hard job Ooh. It's all up to them
0: Keep it going
1: Yeah we're here They've been ready to shut us down (laughs) Um, (laughs) So thanks again ladies Really appreciate it Thank you for the last (laughs) name You're very (laughs) welcome (laughs)
3: Thanks for inviting me I hope I made some kind of sense
1: you have. Yes. You have. It's been wonderful. You
4: guys are great. Well, Girl, everybody have a good evening. Absolutely.
1: You, you do well. the thing. Thank you, ladies. Thank you,
0: Thank you so much.
3: You. Have a beautiful week.
1: You too. You too. Thank you.
3: Too, Thank you. Okay, bye, you bye. Too.
0: bye bye. Bye bye, my daughter. <laughs> good, good night. night. <laughs> um, <laughs> So <laughs> okay. good, Good thank you guys for uh,
1: tuning in. We really appreciate it. We're running out of time, so everyone have a wonderful, wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. And I just, and I just want to say, uh, rest in peace to Patricia Bastian. For those of you who didn't. Not know Trisha, You can Google her and find out all about her. But she passed away um, uh, just recently. Uh, I think this morning. This, so we this just morning. Say, this this morning. Nine twenty-five. Yes. Yeah. Rest in
4: So I'm sister, rest to her feet. family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Prayers to her family. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. So sad. So very sad. Yeah. Absolutely. Good night. Good night, guys.
2: Good night. Hey, good night, night, night. Marietta.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about friendsbeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends.